0: Is true. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there. Amen? We definitely meet those qualifications tonight. We are two or three gathered together. Kind of, Brother Danny was wondering about all the advertising for ProPresenter. I know, it's $3.99. We'll get it off of there. 399 dollars It's not $3.99. Ooh. Do you think, I've often wondered this, do you think that when Jesus walked on the shores of Galilee that he had ProPresenter and projectors and Apple computers and all that in mind? I don't know, my, how church has really expanded itself. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to go right into my lesson tonight. I'm going to uh I'm going to continue with what I started with last week. Jonathan, can you find my slide? I am past uh David at number 2. I'm at Elijah. I don't know what slide number it is. Maybe slide tw- in the 20 somewhere. Yes, right there. And listen, this is part 2 of Failure is not final, okay? Failure is not final. A couple weeks ago, um, Amy went to get some glasses, and we get our glasses from a place down in, in Edwardsville that has pretty good prices on glasses. And so I, mine were getting real loose, so I had them adjust them. And I'm going to tell you what, by the time they got done adjusting them, they were sitting halfway up on my head and hurting my ears. So I went back last week, had to get some stuff and had them readjusted. And it was a little better, but it was still bad. So today, I had an eye appointment. I decided that if these glasses are going to feel like this on my head, I'm just going to get an eye appointment and get new glasses. So I went back. And I said to the lady, I said, look, these, these things are setting too high. They're cutting into my ears. Can you take them and lengthen them out? and you heat them up, because I've tried to lengthen them before. Macy had a pair of glasses one time, and they were bothering her. And I said, "Give them here. I'll fix them. I was tightening them up for her, and about that time, it just snapped in half. Wow. I guess I didn't know my own strength. So thank the Lord she had an extra pair. But the third time was a charm. They're on my head normal. They feel good. I can see. I don't have to drive like this, like this. Down the road. So, what does that tell me? You know what? If you if you fall down, you get back up. If it's not right the first time, you try try again. It's the same thing with walking with the Lord. Let me ask you this question, and we're going to get started tonight. If you're a life group member, please remember we got your grab your got some treasures up here for you tonight for our life group host and um, all of that. But Peter, James, and John did not have the new testament pocket version in the in their pockets when they were in the middle of the storm with Jesus they didn't look here and say oh yes this is where we're at we're in john chapter 7 and it says here that we're going to be all right they didn't have that they didn't have the bible they were living the bible they were writing the bible so they didn't know if they were going to sink or swim or drown They didn't know that. Just like every day is a new adventure in your life, every day was a new adventure in their lives when they walked with Jesus on the shores of Galilee. So they didn't have the Bible. So we're living the Bible. We take one day at a time. And guess what? Failure is not final. We're going to talk about Elijah tonight, the prophet Elijah. And Elijah had a breakdown. He had a breakdown. Anybody ever had a breakdown? Say, I just can't do this anymore. There's no way. You can't do it anymore or you you never had a breakdown? You've never had a breakdown? Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, look at that, guys. Over here, you don't, I don't have to move the pulpit anymore. Ain't that nice? People say, why does he move the pulpit? I said, I don't know. Why do you think I do? And they say, it must just be a nervous habit. I said, actually, I'm trying to move it back so the people over there can see there. But now we've got that screen going, so that's good. Failure is not final. Okay. We're going to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number uh, 1 here. Okay, first of all, Elijah the prophet was responsible for making it to stop raining for three and a half years. Okay? He was responsible, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, and Elijah the Tishbite. Johnny wanted to know a few years ago, what is a Tishbite? That is, uh, he's just from the land of Tish. He was a Tishbite. Like, you know, this guy was a Hivite, and this guy was an Amorite. I mean, if you're from Vandalia, you're a Vandalite. Amen. Got it? See? If you're from Ramsey, you are a Ramseyite. Ramseyite. Who else is from? Where are you from, Sister Teresa? You're a Farinaite. There you go. Sister Pat is a Mulberryite. Mulberry Groveite. Yeah. Brother Joe and Sister Sylvia used to be heights. See? There you go. So a Tishbite is somebody from Tish, I guess. Okay, so who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, who was the king, and the Lord God of Israel, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, oh, there's that advertisement, before whom I stand, there shall be no dew no, or rain these years, but according to my word. Now, this guy was so powerful in the Lord that he said, whatever I say goes. Okay? Whatever I say goes. So Elijah was walking in power with the Lord. Okay? But he didn't didn't read the book of 1 Kings and say, oh, this is where I stopped the heavens up for three and a half years. He didn't realize it was going to happen like that. He just spoke the word. You see, you're writing your journey and your book every day. All of us are. There's going to be days when you're going to succeed and you're going to win. There's going to be days when you're going to utterly fail and lose. The thing is, is when you get knocked down, the key is get back up. Amen? Get back up. When you get knocked down, you get back up. So then, he was fed by ravens. Chapter 17 of 1 Kings, verse 4. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So God says, after Elijah says, I'm going to shut the heavens up according to my word, three and a half years, God says, I'm going to take care of you. I want you to go by the brook Cherith, and I want you to stay there, and I'm going to send ravens to feed you. You're going to drink out of, the, out of the, what we call the crick. You're going to drink out of the crick. And the ravens are going to come give you food. Now, that's pretty supernatural, isn't it? So this guy is walking in the supernatural. God is moving in his life, and things are happening. So now, he saw, watch, in First Kings seventeen fourteen, he saw a limitless jar of flour and a jug of oil. A limitless jar of flour and a limitless jug of oil. That means that it never went empty. Verse 14, 1 Kings 17. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. So this was for a widow, her and her son. He goes in and he says, I want you to give me something to eat. She had enough to make one cake, She had enough flour and enough oil to mix it together and make one cake. Her and her son were going to eat the cake, and then they were going to die. And this rude preacher, this rude prophet, walks in and says, I want something to eat. Now, we would call that today in this awakened society hate speech. Yes. How selfish of this man of God to say, I want this. And the widow said, we just have enough here for one more cake for me and my little boy. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. And the prophet said, give it to me first. Oh, selfish. Oh, rude. Always be careful to judge the things of God not according to the culture that we live in today. Okay? Okay. Be careful what you say is of God and is not of God because God does things pretty mysterious at times. God does some things that just will blow our minds that may not fit in our pattern of thinking, all right? So here we are. So he sees this limited jar. She gives him the cake, he eats it, and God keeps filling the jar of flour and the cruse of oil continually for the rest of her life. God did that. Because she put the kingdom first. There's something about putting the kingdom first that God will take care of his people. If you put the kingdom first in your life, God will take care of you. But it's a struggle. Amen. It's a struggle, but it can be done. Verse 22, 1 Kings 17, He witnessed the widow's son resurrected, and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. He saw the dead raised. He's walking in the miraculous. He's the prophet Elijah. How can anything go wrong? We open this up tonight saying Elijah had a breakdown. How can anything go wrong? He has, ju- he has controlled the elements. He is controlling the elements. He says, according to my word, it'll rain when I say it rains. He goes and gets the last pancake that the widow has, her and her boy, and says, give it to me first. And then the Lord every day fills up the flour, fills up the oil. Every day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Amen. And he daily loads us with benefits. Amen. Oh, that's a good sermon. That'll preach. Amen. Now he's seen a resurrection from the dead. He's walking in the supernatural. But it gets even better than that. All right? It gets even better. Because, now we're stuck. In 1 Kings 18, he beats the prophets of Baal up. Do you know how many there were that he beat? 850. Prophets of Baal. You talk about on fire. This prophet is on fire. Bigger than Chuck Norris. I'd take him, he'd probably be a Rambo. Yeah. First Kings 18, 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust And licked up the water that was in the trench. The fire of the Lord. He prayed, I think it was what? A 53 or 59 word prayer. He said a little prayer. And fire falls from heaven. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Amen. He says this little prayer, full of power. Fire falls. It eats up rocks, it consumes wood, the sacrifice, eats up all the dust around the the altar, even licks up the water that's out of the trench. 850 false prophets of Baal are standing there watching because they said, you know, we're going to do all of this and we're going to see who's got the most power. And Elijah says, let me tell you something, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. One preacher, is he on fire? Would anybody like to have this ministry? I would. Elijah, he's probably getting ready to start his TV ministry. Probably getting ready to get the satellites rolling. You know? So he sees all of this. He was a pro-presenter. Elijah was a pro-presenter. He was presenting the pros of the Lord. Amen. The power of the Lord. Amen. Now... But when the showdown with the Baal worshipers so angered King Ahab and his wife, Queen Jezebel, you ever heard of Jezebel? Oh, Jezebel is mad. She is upset that she vowed, you know, I am not afraid of most men. Just about all men I'm not afraid of, but there are a few women in the world that I have come in contact with that scare me. You know, there's some women you just don't want to get near. Amen. And she was one of them. She vowed. Look at that. She vowed to see him dead. She wanted to see Elijah dead. Now watch this. He has just seen fire fall from heaven and consume water, dirt, rocks, wood, and a sacrifice. He just killed 850 false prophets of Baal. He raised a kid from the dead. He took the last pancake of the woman and ate it, and he saw every day the Lord provided for the woman. He said, it's not going to rain until I say it rains, and the heavens dried up. And he's afraid of a woman. He's afraid of one woman named Jezebel. old Jezebel. The pressure of being a high-profile prophet of God had gotten to Elijah, and he hightailed it into the wilderness. When God met him there, Elijah was undone, feeling like he was the only prophet left, confident that he was completely isolated and imperiled. Now, Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt like you're the only one? Have we ever felt like we're the only one living like this? We are the only ones that have trials. We are the only ones that have problems. We are the only one. This is not fair. I know we've never said that because your pastor teaches against that. Amen. Because I learned a big, hard lesson years ago about that. When I said in a staff meeting at the church, this isn't, that isn't fair. That isn't fair. And I'll never forget my boss was sitting in his high back executive chair. And you know, and he was about 5'9", and probably weighed about 350 to 400 pounds. And when I said it wasn't fair, I was sitting across from him He came down off of the tilt of his chair and put his elbows on the desk and looked at me and shook his head and said, and who told you it was supposed to be fair? I have never forgotten that picture in my whole life. I felt like David and Goliath. And then I started to try to think, who did tell me it wasn't fair? And I couldn't put any names on it. I couldn't blame anybody. I couldn't say Caitlin told me, Macy told me, huh? I, I did not know, I just thought it wasn't fair. Elijah is here, God meets Elijah, God meets Elijah and he is a train wreck, he is beside himself, he's feeling sorry for himself, he's seeing all of this miracle ministry and he's feeling bad. You know what, if we were having some of the miracles in this church that Elijah was having in that time of his ministry? Woo! You imagine fire falling from heaven? You imagine, you know, you imagine what it would be on Facebook? Oh man, widow's son raised from the dead at Family Worship Center. Oh man. Church people at Family Worship Center pray and say, it's not going to rain until they say it does. And the, the lawns start drying up and dying. And J.D.W. Lance Lawn Landscape's out of business. Out of business. Why? Because there's power. And Elijah has this power going. And he's got one woman that speaks into his voice, in his head, and just drives him nuts. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. You know how you're having a good day and you've got a little victory here at at 8.30. You know, the first victory was you were able to get up and get to work on time without being late. That's victory number one. Victory number two is you didn't hit all that traffic in Vandalia. Wow. You know... The, the big preacher that leaned over on his desk and t- asked me who told him me it was fair, where we, l- we lived, we lived 18 miles from the capital steps. We were 18 miles from the nation's capital. People would leave at 5 o'clock in the morning to drive 30 miles, 20 miles to work. Traffic, two hours. Traffic, two hours coming home. I'm not talking about traffic here, you know, like cows and goats and chickens. and No, I'm talking about cars, traffic. And so you have a miracle at 9.30, another miracle at 11.30, and lunch is good. And, you know, then all of a sudden, about 2 o'clock, you get a text. And that little voice or that little message in that text suddenly just begins to sink every victory that you had all morning. That little text that little phone call, that little voicemail that you get begins to sink every victory that you have. And you go from living up here that day to now you're down here in the mully grubs. Now you're down here because why? There was a voice of Jezebel that echoes something's wrong, that I'm coming after you, that what like you did to my prophets, I'm going to take care of you, son, by tomorrow this time. Wow. Wow. But failure is not final. Failure is not final. So how did God, how do you think God would respond to this guy? How's God going to respond to Elijah? Elijah has called fire down. Elijah has stopped the heavens. First of all, God allowed Elijah to rest up a little bit. Because God understands that we are just humans. And that we are stuck in this body. And this body gets tired. And this body gets weary, and this body gets agitated and nervous and anxious. You know, you see and I see uh, high-profile people in life. Let's talk about politicians. You see politicians. There's a lot of stress on politicians. If they're number one good ones, and if number two, everybody wants to see them. There's pressure in the church world. If you're an evangelist or a traveling pastor or whatever, and, and miracles happen in your crusades, you know what people expect when you have a meeting? They expect those miracles to continue. And you're not the one performing them. You've got to depend on the God who is letting it happen. But there's pressure put on the man. So, he lets him rest. God's going to give you time to catch your breath. What did I preach about Sunday? Oxygen. What was the name of it? Don't, folks, lose your breath. Don't lose your breath. You got to keep your breath. Sometimes you just have to breathe. Okay? You ever get, get burned out at work? You just started work. You got a whole lifetime to work. You're burned out at 18. Lord help her. So stressful. Oh, Jesus. Help her, Lord. It's so stressful. (laughs) You get to the place at work where you don't want to see it. You don't want to see anybody. You don't want to get another phone call. You don't want to get nothing. No more texts, no more emails, nothing. A couple weeks ago when, when I found out that I had sat beside someone who tested positive for the coronavirus. The health department called me. And I answered the call because my wife said, The health department is calling you. Please answer your phone. And people, you know, people give me a hard time through life, Brother Danny. Why don't you answer your phone? We're calling you. Why don't you answer your phone? Number one, if I don't answer your phone and your name is in my phone, it may be because I'm busy. I may be in the shower. And unlike people that I know, I do not take my phone into the shower. What would happen if you were you had soap on your hands and you go to grab your phone and instead of just hitting answer, you hit FaceTime? Yeah, wow, Split splash, I was taking a bath right? That would be a sight to see, a sight for sore eyes. It would be a sore sight for eyes. Amen. I may be talking to somebody, but if people that I don't know call me and this, this number call me, number one, I get lots of calls. I get calls about disability. I get, I get calls, sometimes I've answered them. Yes, we know that people your age fall a lot, That was one of the calls I got. And we would like to introduce you to our our alert program, where if you fell, you just hit the button. Help me. This is Tracy. I've fallen. You know the... the... Listen. Listen. And then I have numbers. I have numbers that call me from up around Redbud. Anybody know where Redbud is? You know? Redbud. They call me from Bunker Hill. Anybody know where Bunker Hill's at? And I know there ain't nothing good coming out of Bunker Hill, because I've been there. And they got three phones there, and, you know, in the whole town, and they're going to call me what they want. So I don't, get, I don't answer them because it's what they, call them, what they call them, spoofs, spiffs, spoofs. Huh? And sometimes they're spam. And they say, well, you need to answer it. If it's important, you will leave a message. Yes? Can I get an Amen. Help me through my crisis here. So, we're here. And they say, okay. Amy says, answer the phone. The the health department is going to call. And it was like 515. All right. So, about five minutes later, the phone rings. Yes, it's a band-aid number. Yes. Okay. So, I answer the phone. All right. Tracy. Yes. Yes, you were with so-and-so. Yes, I know. Yes, they have tested positive. Yes, I know. Yep, yep. So you're going to have to be, and she says, listen, if we get cut off, if we get cut off, it's because our phones automatically shut down at 530 every evening. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, can we have that here to church? Can we shut the phones off maybe at 1230 every afternoon? And I hear from anybody the rest of the day. Why? Because there's demands and there's pressure. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of pressure at times when people expect you to be here or there, or be doing this or that. Elijah is, is, is uh, resting up, and finally after time, he has a bunch of complaints. He's got a bunch of things, and, and God is trying to encourage him. Now, God is going to encourage him in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to go there and break that down a little bit, and then we'll be done tonight. Isn't that awesome? Okay? So, everybody say Rest. Let's do it again together. Ready? One, two, three. Rest. Rest. God's going to give you time to rest. You've got to get your mind together. You've got to get your composure. You're not sinning. God's giving you time to rest because he knows that you're human. He has lived in your body. He has lived in a fleshly body. He knows we have weaknesses. He knows we have problems. Okay? Here we go. 1 Kings 1. When Ahab got home... He told Jezebel what Elijah had done and that he had slaughtered the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods also kill me if by this time tomorrow I have failed to take your life like those whom you killed. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Why would he be afraid? He seen the dead raised. He saw fire fall from heaven. He saw a widow, widow's kitchen continually filled with flour and oil. He stops up the heavens. For three and a half years, it's not going to rain. He looks at the king and it says, it won't rain again until I say it rains again. Why would he be afraid now? He's afraid for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the desert. Guess what? Sometimes you walk alone. Sometimes on this journey you walk alone. It's, it's, sometimes there ain't nobody to walk with you. Number one, people are not going to understand that the walk that you have to walk sometimes. Does that make sense? People don't understand what you're going through. Traveling all day, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he could die. Anybody ever dreamed that, prayed that, wished that? I just wish I could die. Oh, God, let me die. He just saw the dead raised. He just saw fire from heaven. 850 prophets of Baal killed. He sees a woman's kitchen replenished every day. He's seeing the heavens dried up, no rain. Now he wants to die. Do you see the range of emotion? The swing. Anybody ever been there? We all have. We've all been through the swing. We've all been way high and then we've been way low. We've all been up here and victorious and we've all been down here and defeated. We've all wanted to die at some point. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. See, that's what the Lord will let him do. The Lord says, He's just talking out of his head. I'm not even going to say a word. Just let him sleep for a while. Still resting. Everybody say, still resting. Still resting. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. What's God doing? He's feeding him. He's getting strength back into him. You see, sometimes the only thing that's going to help us in the spiritual walk is you have to step back for a little bit. Right? we got a merry-go-round outside. You know, and you get on that thing, it's one of those old dangerous ones that kids aren't allowed to play on anymore. You bust your teeth on them, you break your arms and legs, you know. But if you get on that thing, right? And listen, if I got on it, oh, Lord. I don't know what happens when you get older, but something happens inside of you that you used to be able to go to the fair and and Six Flags and you know, Cedar Point, and and ride every ride that would throw you upside down, turn you inside out, and everything. But something as you get older changes. And you get on that thing, and you start going around, and it's like, whoa. whoa." I remember years ago, we we were out east, and we went to Pittsburgh. I think we left Macy at home. She was just a young, yes, we did. Yes, you went to Graham and Paps. Yes, you did. So we took the older kids to Pittsburgh, and we were there in Pittsburgh, and we were at this one place, and they had a uh, jet fighter simulator that you got up in, right? And they strapped you down. There was two of you. And they strapped you down, and then you're in this plastic cube thing, and you take off like a jet, and you start doing what jets do. Anybody ever been in something like that? And about that time, it started flipping. And I'm yelling, let me out! Let me out! I think Mitchell was with me or my nephew DJ. Nobody, they weren't saying nothing. Mitchell wasn't saying another DJ. Whoever was, wasn't, I'm yelling. The old guy's yelling, let me out, let me out. Listen, I almost hurled right there. I said, oh, God. I was sick for a couple hours after that. I mean, it's just, whoa. What's he doing? You got to get away. Step away from the action. What's God doing here? He's letting you step away from the action. God wants you to get all of your your senses back. He wants to get all of your reasoning back. So he lets him sleep. The angel says, get up. He's woke up by an angel. He's awakened by an angel, and the angel says, get up and eat. The angel's got something already set up for him, okay, to eat. Now, he looked around and saw some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angels of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. I want to go there. They feed you. You lay down and you sleep. Caitlin, you would love it. She's hungry every 20 minutes. Now, I know it don't look like it. I told her one time, I said, Caitlin." She was gone one week and I, she came home and I was like, I think you've gained some weight. And she goes, really? She said, can I tell him the number? She said, I'm trying to break 108. So I think you might go 108 and a half, baby. Wow. Get up and eat. Go back to sleep. I'll wake you up when there's more. Get up and eat. Oh, so he does this. He eats and drinks, lays down again. Get up. He said, get up and eat some more, for there is a long journey ahead of you. So he got up, and he ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, to the Mount of God. This is what Sinai is. Sinai is a place where you meet God. That's where Moses got the Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai. Okay? There are times in your spiritual journey that you're just going to have to get to your Mount Sinai. You've got to get to your Mount Sinai and get in the presence of the Lord. Okay? Let me explain it like this. So we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And we fight. We fight spirits. We fight personalities. We fight uh, people opposing us. We fight the devil opposing us. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. We go through all kinds of stuff. We go through hell on earth at times. We go through all of these problems, and there's sometimes that the only thing you can do is get back into Sinai because Sinai is a place for you to plug in. Sinai is a place for you to plug into the presence of the Lord. The old-time Pentecostals called it like this, praying through. You ever heard that term? When's the last time you prayed through? When's the last time that you got in his presence in a Sinai? And you cried, and you wept, and you spoke in tongues, and you just emptied yourself out. That's where Elijah's headed to. He's going to a Sinai. He's going to Sinai, and he's going to meet God face to face. God has let him rest. God has fed him. God has provided. Listen, whatever you're going through, you're going to have failures along the way. This guy had a worldwide ministry going here. He had a supernatural ministry and one challenge from a woman, an evil woman, wiped his faith out, took out his confidence, took out everything. And so he gets to Sinai, and there he came to a cave, and he spent the night in a cave. Now, verse number nine. But the Lord, uh oh, up, said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now watch. The angel says, you're going on a journey, goes on a 40-day journey, ends up at Sinai, and the Lord looks at him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have, now look, he starts his list. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars, they've killed every one of your prophets, and I'm all by myself. I'm all alone, and now they are trying to kill me too. Wow, he was in bad shape. He was in bad shape. He's all by, all by himself. God said, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by. Now, so here's Elijah. He's there on the edge of the mountain. At the the mouth of the cave, and the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. God wants to know why you here, Elijah. And a whirlwind comes. God's not in that. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. There's a wind and an earthquake. God's not in either one. After the earthquake, there was a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. See, Elijah was used to seeing God in the whirlwinds. He was used to seeing God in the fire, fire falling from heaven and eating up a sacrifice. He was used to seeing God in a particular way but God comes to him in a total different way. Make sure that you keep your spiritual eyes and ears open for the voice of the Lord may come at you in a total different way than you've ever imagined. God may have something planned for you. You're looking at the whole situation and saying, I'm the only one left. They've killed all the other prophets. They've broken your covenants. I've, I've done everything I know to do. I'm all by myself. And God is saying, Hold on, Elijah. I want to talk to you. When Elijah heard that whisper, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went outside and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said again, What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Elijah, what's going on? Come on. Come on. He replied again, Look, He's going to repeat it. I've zealously served the Lord. None of you have ever had to repeat things to the Lord, have you? You've had to repeat stuff to the Lord over and over? You've had to repeat things that you've gone through because the Lord has forgot what you're going through. Don't you realize what I'm going through, Lord? Don't you know what I feel like, Lord? Lord? Don't you have pity on me, Lord? He goes through the whole thing again. They broke their covenant. They torn down your altars. They killed every one of your prophets. I'm all by myself. Then the Lord said, Go back the way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When, Damascus, when you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Amran. Uh-huh. Why do you get time off? Because if you don't step back, you get burned out. You get overcome by all of the things that happen. Preachers get burned out. I worked for, for from preachers, and he was as nice as apple pie and vanilla ice cream. But when he started getting burned out, he was meaner than the snake. Yeah. As you know i was close enough to him i got to see all kinds of i got to see you don't see things that amy sees you don't see things that my kids have seen about me i could be the meanest dog on a, in a dog pound that's true isn't it macy even preachers get burnt out years ago we went on a vacation it, uh, we went to hawaii lord bless us we were able to go to hawaii and i think we were there maybe two and a half weeks and we got back from Hawaii, and when we left Hawaii, it was 10 o'clock at night, and it was 79 degrees. All right? It was in February. When we got back to St. Louis, it was minus 9. And there was that, that was in 2011 with the big ice storm. Remember that one? And that's when the ice was that thick on the car. And, Johnny, that's when we, your mom and dad came over and met us and so my flight got in first. So we flew on different airlines. So what did I get to do? I got to go get the car. I got to beat all the ice and melt all the ice that thick off of the car. But when I, we came home, and when I walked through the door, I came down that hallway there, and I opened that door. This was the most beautiful sanctuary I had ever seen in my life. You know why? Because I was rested up. I didn't have that stress for a couple weeks. What kind of stress do you have, Pastor? You just drive around town. Well, I know it's stressful, it's hard, it's very hard. And so, what God is saying is burnout is just temporary unless you make it permanent. Don't listen, let's all stand. Don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Okay? Now, I'm not just talking about serving the Lord, you know, and and needing a week vacation. I'm talking about every day you get, there are days you come home and you're exhausted. Seriously, I have followed my wife home from work, right? She's walking in front of me. I'm walking behind her. She goes up through the front door. She goes up into the entrance, two steps up, and now you're either going to go straight to the kitchen. You're going to go left to the living room, or are you going to take a hard right and go upstairs where all the bedrooms are at? No lie. I have walked behind her at 4.30 in the afternoon. And she comes to the landing, and she takes a hard right. Oh, it gets better. I don't see her until the next morning. She never came down. She stayed up there. She slept all Why? She was exhausted. So there's times when you're going to be exhausted, brothers and sisters. There's times when you're going to be tired. There's going to be times when you're weary. Don't let that get to you. It's not a permanent failure. It's just a little burnout. We have burnout through the year. We have burnout during the day sometimes. Don't listen to what the devil throws in your mind when you're exhausted. Take time to care for yourself physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and get back in the game. That's why you had to do daily devotions. That's why you had to have some quiet time with the Lord every day. Every day. Does everybody mainly eat every day? Anybody in here eat every day? Most of the time. All right. Every day. I. That's me. I eat every day, all day. You need to meet Caitlin. You got, every twenty minutes. I'm telling you, she can have a whole feast. And in 20 minutes, she said, I need to get me some ramen noodles. Wow, you just had a steak. Yeah, I need some noodles. Lord, okay, noodles. Feed yourself, strengthen yourself. Amen. Elijah was a success, but he, had, he was tempted just like we are. Jesus said that about him. He was tempted like all of us were. All of us are tempted. All of us have struggles. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for Elijah. I thank you that we can look at his life and see, God, that there can be supernatural power in ministry. There can be supernatural things that happen in our lives. And yet, at a moment's notice, Lord, on a turn of a dime, everything changes. And he goes from seeing supernatural to seeing and experiencing failure and fear seeing that, Lord, it's, he's all by himself. When really, Lord, there's people all around that are going through the same thing that he is. Help us, Lord, not to have that tunnel vision. Help us, Lord, not to have that vision that says, I'm here all by myself, and fear begins to attack our minds. But, Lord, let us rest in you. Let us rest in you daily with your word. Let us rest in you in your presence. Let us find the places, God, in our lives to pray through. To pray through, Lord, all of the trash of the day, all of the trouble in our lives, until we speak in tongues, until, Lord, we begin to let your Spirit begin to wash our spirits and our souls and let your Spirit begin to cleanse us and make us what we need to be. Wash out all of the debris and all of the junk in our lives. Make us wells and houses and cisterns, Lord, full of your power and full of your glory. I pray, Lord, something was said tonight that will help someone, Be with each and every one as we go. Lord, bless the food pantry this Saturday. Keep your hand upon us. Bring us back Sunday morning, should you, tarry at the appointed time. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here, 835. Way to go, Pastor.